This is uh, episode seven of the Ultimate Patient Experience Dental Water Cooler Series. It uh, is now, we've just moved it to the second Monday night of the, of the month at eight o'clock Eastern US time, which makes it down here, down under where I am, uh, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. And um, much more convenient day of the week than than uh, the Tuesday slash Wednesday that we're on for me. So that thank you everybody for switching across to that. To uh, tonight's topic, we were talking about uh, a blog that I wrote last month about sharpening the saw and the um, the need for us to I guess always focus on making sure that we uh, are honing our skills. Uh, before we begin tonight, uh, I'd like to thank our uh, sponsor, Equa Marketing, uh, as uh, a loyal sponsor of the uh, Ultimate Patient Experience Water Cooler Series. And tonight I have a guest, a special guest uh, co-presenter, uh, Dr. Robert Pick from Chicago, who uh, I've invited on especially, and there he is up there, I've invited, or he is up there on, on my screen. I've invited him on especially because um, Dr. Pick is one of the, um, the key exponents of uh, making sure that you take time off from your your day-to-day -day duties of uh, business on a regular basis so that you can actually focus and work on your business. And uh, I know Dr. Pick uh, with his team uh, just uh, recently had one of their um, pick business retreats, which is a two-day uh, internal off-site um, educational program where they analyze where they are, where they want to go, what tools they need to uh, use to get to where they want to go. And uh, it's a very collaborative procedure. Now, I was inspired to, um, to write this uh, this uh, blog article last month because uh, down here at my uh, rural property in um, uh, New South Wales, two hours out of Sydney in Australia, uh, where I have 68 acres, we, uh, did, we were in need of replacing some fences and we were in need of trimming some trees which were uh, shedding branches onto the fences and uh, the arborist who came along uh, worked feverishly uh, for two days but on regular intervals, they would stop and sharpen their saws. And of course, that is an old tale from way back when about two wood choppers having to uh, chop down trees. And uh, there was a prize for the wood chopper who chopped down the most trees. And one wood chopper thought, well, he had it made because every time he looked over at the other guy, the other guy was sitting down. And at the end of the day, when they tallied up the trees chopped, the uh, the guy who was sitting down had actually chopped down more and the, the other woodchopper didn't know why or how this happened. And the, 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 the woodchopper who had been sitting down and had chopped down more trees said simply, every time you saw me sitting down, I was pausing to sharpen my axe. So sharpening your saw, sharpening your axe will keep you more focused on the duties that you have to do. So I'd like to introduce Dr. Pick now to talk about um, his uh, pick business retreat, how many years, and uh, it says Robert up there, but uh, he's affectionately known. He says his friends can call him Bob. 
I'm going to call him Bob anyway. He hasn't said whether I'm his friend or not, but I'm going to call him Bob. And um, we're, we're open to questions from anybody here as well who would uh, who would like to ask a question during the uh, the program. But Bob, let's start with this question. How many years have you been doing these regular pick business retreats? Yeah, I started when I was 12 years old. And uh, this is actually going into our 24th year. And um, it, it, time just flies. And um, it's something that, um, any objections if I talk about how it happened? No, not at all. Far okay. away. And, it, you know, it's important for the people to know. And uh, 34 years ago, when I finished my training, um, I went into a practice partnership, uh, went cold turkey right out of my residency, went to a growing area, western suburbs of Chicago. It's called the Naperville Corridor. It ended up unbelievable. Um, we have more uh, British Petroleum's North American headquarters is here, and it just goes on and on and on. And so a great place to be. I was on the lecture circuit early on. I'm very proud of the fact in 1984, when David was still in diapers, uh, my, I've always taught a day a week, very important to me. My team in Northwestern or I literally pioneered lasers in dentistry. Anytime a laser is used, it comes back to me. Co-wrote the first textbook, blows me away. Left lasers 25 years ago for ethical reasons. When they're used correctly, it's great. Long story short, uh, my personality I, is pretty similar to that guy. Uh, what are called expressive drivers. I like talking to people. And I was the guy getting the referring dentist for a special. I realized my practice partnership was not working. Without boring you, um, good things come from bad things. And in the summer, 24 years ago now, in 97, I had um, ended up with cancer in my appendix unheard of, rare, nobody gets cancer, their appendix, only me. My buddies in Northwestern saved my life, went through 14 months of experimental chemo and radiation, never missed a day of work, never lost hair in my head, here to talk about it, got some side effects, I walk with a funny limb because of the radiation damage, lost part of my hearing, big deal. But I realized my practice partnership was not working. And I said, you know, life is short, that's it, walked in, long story short, bought him out, couldn't care less if he practiced in the same building. But I realized I knew nothing about business. I was in deep water treading. And if I stopped treading, I was going to sink and drown. I like, oh my God, what do I do? My partner had us running. Are you sitting down, David? 83% overhead. I wasn't looking at the books. I couldn't care less. Typical dentist. Anyhow, I called up one of my mentors from the lecture circuit, who at the time made me sign a secrecy agreement. He didn't want anybody to know he had a coach. You definitely know who he is. And I hired his consultant for two years. It was the best thing I ever did. And hint number one, people, is don't try to reinvent the wheel. When I lecture on management, the number one secret to success is mentors. Hire great mentors, coaches, consultants. I hired her for two years. I immersed myself in her systems. I told her I was gonna eventually take her systems and do it better. When I was on the lecture circuit early on, 
I sometimes realized I was at Fortune 500 companies. They wanted to get into the laser business. Never forget being at GE thousand years ago. Jack Welch was there. Who's Jack Welch? Oh, I wish I knew now what I know then. But I would take these outlines and I realized they were doing corporate retreats. Steve Jobs always said, imitate those that are successful, put your own spin on it and do it better. And I said to my team, bingo, we're going to run a corporate retreat and pretend we're a Fortune 500 company. And we did our first, we called, my team said, let's call it a PBR. It started out as Pit Business Retreat. We now call it the Pit Business Team Building Retreat. We then did it six months later. After year number three, it rolled into two days twice a year. So for the last 21 years, it's a biannual, two-day, away from the office, effective business retreat. And we, when we go to that retreat, we believe we're a Fortune 500 company. And really quick why I'm added here, it's very flattering. David, about a month ago, one of his blogs from the Altipation Experience, sharpening those saws. I was very flattered to be mentioned. As David knows, at the end of the retreat, I brought him in so my team could talk to him, hear him. But you got to sharpen. There's a reason Fortune 500 companies go away and sharpen their mental saws so they can do it better. Really quick, and I'll turn it back to David. Uh, and if anybody wants a copy of anything I'm going to talk about, my email is Dr. Pick, D R P I C K, at thepickgroup.com. One of my latest articles from Dentistry Today, which in the United States is the number one red journal, I published this in October. It's called Use Retreat to Become a Fortune 500 Dental Business. It's now the second most read article ever in that publication and hopefully we'll break the record for number one it told me i hit home so running those retreats is golden and i, I don't want to steal the show here, but it's golden to doing the things that you have to do especially at the premier pbr to begin to grow your business by leaps and bounds so bob Run us through what you would do as an agenda for um, day one and then day two uh, and the time that you allocate. You know, obviously, it's not just you up there you know, presenting for two days solid. There's, you know, the team presents information. The team works uh, on things together. Um, how do you start it off? So you know, give us an, a, an agenda. Give us an idea of how you begin it what you do on the first morning, what you do on the first afternoon, what you do on the break overnight. You know, do you have a team building um, uh, uh, session, uh, you know, around a, uh, a wine bar or something, or, or, or you go for a, a you know, 10K hike? What do you do? Uh, and then the next day, you know, how, how are the heads the first day, you know, the, the first morning of the second day? And, you know, again, I, I, as you said, you invited me to come in on um, 
on the end of the second day, that was a pretty upbeat sort of group. They weren't, they weren't, uh, they were excited. They weren't worn out just waiting to try and get in their cars and go home. They were, they were really excited. So run us through that agenda of how you structure your peak building, uh, your peak team building retreats. You just hire David to come in, you leave, and he runs the retreat for you. No. And um, when you do the first one, the first one, I think, should only be one day, because I think you don't need a second day, but I'll come to the second day in a second. At the premier PBR, Pick Business Team Building Retreat, most dental practices don't have things that businesses have. It's just dental schools, I don't care if they're in Australia, China, Korea, the States, Russia. Dental school and medical school is designed to make a physician and a dentist. They don't teach us anything about business. I had four lectures in practice management my senior year. I hope you all are sitting down. I pray this comes out right. It was by a hygienist who was part of our faculty she was a Playboy bunny on the weekend. She gave us four lectures on practice management. I have no idea what she said. It went in one ear and out everybody. We just have no idea what she said. We all wanted to graduate and get out of there. That was my practice management lecture. And uh, Pat Fagan, she was a patient of mine actually for a long time. Great lady. She has a PhD today in education. But if you, I talk about this all the time. I wrote an article for Dennis Money Digest talking about the Twin Towers. And if your business acumen is not on par with your clinical acumen, you are never going to super succeed to the level that you want. You come out of dental school with, let's say, a couple basement floors, a lobby, and a floor. You got basic skills throughout your career. You need to take the most amazing CE from the best people that focus on your brand, which we'll come to in a minute, and you need to build the tallest tower in your community. But being built right next door has to be your business tower going up at the same height. And your ultimate goal is to have the two tallest towers in town built with the best materials, the best architects, best everything. There's times you're going to climb stairs and you're going to fall down and then you got to get back up. You're going to come into floors that have never existed before and that's okay. When you do success, there's sometimes uncomfortable zones. There's the unknown. There's fear. So at that premier PBR, you come in and you pretend you just became part of the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. One of the first things you have to do is sit down with your team. And I don't want to belabor this, but you also got to make sure you got a great team. You have to have the right people on board. And that's a whole hour lecture of who you hire. Do they have what's called a hospitality quotient, which is going to be my next article coming out in dentistry today. I want team members that have 49% skill and 51% hospitality quotient. The hospitality quotient is, does that person care from the bottom of their heart about that patient? 
to make it, as David would say, the ultimate patient experience. You want that patient to leave feeling that they were made special. It's huge. And we oftentimes hire the wrong people in the wrong place. As David's wife, Jane, will tell you, that phone is, in the words of Donald Trump, huge. It is very important. I don't talk politics, but so funny, so easy to imitate. Um, so the agenda, you sit down. It's got to be done away from the office, away from the phones, away from everything. We use a, a country club that's near us. One of the first things you have to do is develop your office mission, your office vision, and your corporate culture statement. Every Fortune 500 business has a mission, a vision, and a culture. Most dental practices do not have a mission, vision, culture. Mine is framed. It's in our preclinical interview educational conference room where patients are met so they can see it. We look at it every time. We modify it. And it looks like this. There's a couple sentences that are what we call the bold that are so important. And I can go to any of my team members and say, what's the second bold on the vision? They'll have it just like that. By the way, I want to introduce my office manager, Diana was still in the office. So I asked her to hang on. Uh, sometimes because of my hearing, I'm gonna have her just pop in and wave hi. Because a great office manager is key. Great office manager is key. Diana had no dental experience a long time ago when I hired her, but she had the skill set and the hospitality quotient that I need. So you develop your mission, your vision, and your culture. You look at it and you modify it at every retreat. I will never forget being at a company called Kohler up in Wisconsin. They make faucets. I about peed my pants in the men's room above the urinal in a frame was the Kohler mission and vision. It was hysterical. So mission, vision, culture, you got to have it. Number two, developed at the premier PBR. This is big. You have to develop your brand. What do you do better than anybody else? I talked about this in New Orleans. As people from New Orleans say, we could go lecturing and I, I see these dental offices. I went by one the other day. I pray this is not offensive to anybody. And it was, we do endo. And this was on the window, Invisalign, TMJ, implants, sleep medicine. Uh, there was, a, uh, oh God, I can't remember, Syrac. It went on and on and on and on and on. And if you go to most dentists' website, we went to the best schools. We got the best this. We got the best equipment. We got lasers. We got this. We got that. But most don't know their brand, and you also have to figure out what's called your why. Why do you do what you do? You can look it up. The amazing Simon Sinek developed the why for Apple. It made him a multimillionaire. So you got to develop your brand. 
in business. It's called the USP as well, unique selling proposition. You need to figure out what you do better, you and your team, than anybody else. Once you know your brand and you figured out why you do what you do, talk to your team. Why do I do what I do? You may be surprised. You will elevate. You will make more money than you ever imagined. And if you know your why and you know your brand, patients will never leave. They will never say no to treatment. Everything escalates, period. So you figure out the brand. You figure out your why. It's huge. You then at the PBR, and this also occurs at every meeting, and once you got your mission vision, you start with the manager or me. I get up and talk about you know what's important. Each one has a theme. We then have what's called the manager's review. Diana will get up and she talks about what's happening from the manager's position, things that are important, things we need to do. We then have, in 10 minutes, we then have the admin team talk. And I have two and a half on my admin team. They'll talk about what's going on. What can we do better? What's happening? How do we improve this? Then the dental hygienist will spend 10 minutes talking about what's going on from their end. And then the assistant. We also have a position which I recommend all of you get today. It's called an O-R-E. O-R-E for office rep extraordinaire. You have to have a social media presence today. And at each PBR, you look at your social media. And I don't have time during the day, although I get caught on Facebook here and there. I get caught today. Yes. And, but there's Kristen. She does all of our posts. You got to have somebody that does it well. It's huge today. Every Thursday, I usually try to go live at night. We get more patience from just being out there. I don't advertise. I don't believe in that. It's not part of my brand. By the way, peeps, when you know your brand, my most successful general dentist that I either coach or work with, focus in on high-end cosmetic dentistry. Dave Newkirk was here. If he gets more than 20 patients a month, he doesn't know what to do. He has close to a $2 million practice. He works three and a half days a week. He's never done an implant. He's never taken out a tooth. He's never done endo. He doesn't know CIRAC. He doesn't know lasers. And he works on about a 52% overhead. You can do the math. And David will tell you, you know your brand, you treat patients like God, Ritz-Carlton customer service, man, it rolls. All right. Mm. It, 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 so I, I, am I doing okay? I get so excited with this stuff. Yeah, There's I, all this stuff that's huge. Your passion is contagious there, Bob. And, um, and, and I like the way that you lay out the foundation of the meeting so that everything that then gets said in the meeting on the next you know, day and a half refers back to this foundation that you've put in place. You know, the, the mission, the vision and the, the culture, you know, that every, everything that we do in our dental practice has to, um, we have to scrutinize what we do and say, uh, is that action congruent with our mission statement, our vision statement and our corporate culture? Because if it's not, then we need to change that action. So setting that up up front, 
I love the way you, you mentioned about hiring for the hospitality quotient. Um, you know, the people who have that, um, that uh, customer service um, focus, it's, you know, a, a blog I just put out today, I haven't reposted it to groups yet, um, but it begins that in, in customer service, there is no finish line. You're just always trying to improve and just keep going and going and going. You've got to make sure that um, you're better today. You know, the visit for your patient today is, is a better experience than it was for them last time they were in. And you've got to also look at what are we doing for some patients uh, that's giving those patients a great message and how can we then take that message and give it to all our Sometimes, as you would know, you have patients in your practice who don't fit your typical practice uh, demographic. You know, they come from a low socioeconomic group or they have a value for their teeth that isn't reflective of, of their day-to-day -day, uh, way of life. And so uh, we used to say, well, whatever we're doing for this guy, we've got to find out why, why does he keep coming back because he's not our typical guy. And whatever we do for him, that's what we've got to be doing for everybody. And so that's really, really important. And I like the idea of getting people off-site, you know, away from the, you know, the, the interruptions of, of regular work, of, of having the phone ringing and having, you know, the mail come in and people knock on the door. I like the idea of going to a country club and, and you know, everybody getting into a, a room and just being together as a team. Um, it's, it's a very, very exciting project. So you then talked about... Um, the reviews of people uh, talking about, you know, the management review, the the uh, the dental assistants, the hygienist, your uh, office representative extraordinaire. I like that, and you. So, Greg, that, that's that's put putting out to the the team where each of those departments think they are at this point in time, and then from there, is there interaction at that point, or is does it then go to interaction afterwards as to how can we improve or, uh, and when they give those reports, are they, they're telling the past, but are they also forecasting the future or requesting their, um, their, their um, requests for improvement? Or is it just a, a report on the state of the nation, the state of the union, as you would call it? Um, uh, and then from there, from there, the team then, expands it so what do, what do you do once you've finished that um that uh reporting session you know a couple a couple things i want to uh, just interject a couple quick things there's a couple other things that are also important which i think answers your question you have to do it every pbr what's called a business swat and it's not for swat like swat team it's and and if I had never read Harvard Business Review or taken yeah. business classes, would have known about it. Stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You list them. If somebody goes to the board, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats. You want to make weaknesses strengths, make strengths better. You do what's called a stew. Satisfy the patient, team, extra mile, and wow factor. You look at goals figure out the method to achieve the goal. So many dentists will say, I want to make 20% more next year, but they don't figure out the method to get that 20%. It's huge. Do team building exercises. 
if you, those of you, you, you get off the webinar, just look up, put team building, put the snake. It's one of the most fun things that we do. Everybody's blindfolded except the person in back. And they're like, they need the whole team to go right. They'll tap on the right shoulder. Then the next person taps on the right shoulder until they get the person in front. And you hold a little stuffed animal. You have the person in the back guide you to a bucket and drop it in. The snake. So much fun. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. Shows the importance of team. You look at motivational videos over that day or two days. And it can be anything from Brian Tracy. Uh, just so many people out there. Um, you do recognition of things. Uh, we had an employee that's been with me 25 years. We gave her a 25-year pin. I gave one employee what's called the Hotel California Award. She married a guy. She was moving to Florida. She was such a great part of our team. We gave her this wonderful uh, trophy, and it says, you can check out, but you can never leave, meaning she's always part of our team. And uh, with Dr. Moffitt being a DJ, uh, he'll certainly get a kick out of that. Um, Hotel California. Hotel California, where you check out, but you can never leave. We have lunch assignments. I'll say to everybody, you know, I have 19 members. We'll have groups of three, A, B, C. And I'll say to them, all right, working lunch. Each group, I've hired you now to be a marketing consultant. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to call on each group. You guys are going to have 15 minutes to get up in front of everybody and talk about what you would do if you were a marketing. At a retreat, each one has a theme. Everybody has articles they have to read. It can be on a new technique. It can be on, I usually start off the day, like 12 things that successful people do every morning. I also start off each day with a raffle. Everybody, you know, I go, I got a number between one and 10. And let's say Diana picks number five. You got it. She'll open it up and it'll say, you know, hey, you just won the, you know, opening raffle of day one of the PBR. You rock, we rock. A couple times during the day, I'll raffle off as seen on TV gag gifts. At the end of day two, the last maybe seven years, I've raffled off a TV for somebody. I love my team. And, you know, for a couple 200 US dollars to buy a TV to raffle it off is nothing. Everybody gets excited. Diana won the TV this last time. And uh, she was excited because none of her TVs at home were smart TVs. You also do something called the S-curve in business, something I never would know about if I didn't focus on business. Really quick, in 30 seconds or less, in the S-curve, people start out in business. They usually get excited. They start growing. They get a little bored, and they plateau. One of two things happens. If you're Kodak and you don't pay attention, you fall off the S-curve and disappear. Kodak developed the digital camera. They don't exist. Hard to believe. Amazon has put so many companies out of business. We talk about that. Is there an app that's going to put us out of business? So you grow, usually plateau. As you start to come down, most businesses go, uh-oh. They crank it again, get excited, come back up. If you're really good, as you're coming up, 
instead of plateauing, coming down a little bit, you jump to the next S-curve going up. Jeff Bezos is the pro at jumping the S-curve. I never thought he would buy a grocery store called Whole Foods here in the United States. Uh, you know, he started out to sell books. Like most people, it doesn't matter where you are in the world today, you go to Amazon first to try to buy something. It's unbelievable. So you're always looking at the S-curve. We always look for what are called purple cows, which as you know, Nathan Ho branded me. Purple cow is simply, you wanna be remarkable in a great way. You wanna be noticed. And what are your purple cows? What can you do that people notice? Also with the PBRs, you practice your verbal skills. Um, and something that is so important, people, this may be one of your biggest takeaways. Walt Disney made it so clear to his people that the best way to get more people to Disneyland is by giving an experience that is off the charts. You want people to come home and go, wow, that's my favorite dental office. I can't talk enough about them. We practice our verbal skills of asking for patients. Your best patients come from inside. When it happened today, I was finishing with patients. She goes, you know, you guys are amazing. I couldn't believe that you called me the night of the procedure. The next day, we send them a video. And I said, I want you to know I'm flattered. I want you to know we don't advertise and we love patients like you. And with your permission, I'm going to give you this. It's a trifold brochure that tells the patient about my practice, what we do. And I simply say to her or him, I'd like you to give this to somebody that you think belongs in our practice. And we get more patients from this. And the funniest place, the number one place, they're in our waiting room. They're also in our bathroom. We have more of these taken from the bathroom. It's hysterical. I love it. And so without overboring everybody, that's pretty much the PBR. And they go like this. And at every subsequent PBR, and when we coach people, I have a thing called nine sign your brand stinks. Do around Robin. First person will ask the first question, and it's within 20 seconds. Can you tell us what our brand is? And if you don't know it, why not? So we're always looking at our brand. We're always looking at our mission, vision, goals, numbers. By the way, people, and David will agree with this. Yes, if your overhead's out of control, like when mine was 83% when I took over, you got to get it under control. But Dennis wastes more time. Trying to go from 52 to 51, you will make much more money by raising the top bar, increasing your production. Want to make more money? Tomorrow, raise your fees by 10%. No one will leave. You'll make 10% more without losing anybody. If you lose somebody, something's wrong. Always easier to raise the top bar. Here's overhead, here's production. Middle's the fat. Much easier to raise this than lower this, unless this is out of control. We use Dennis undercharge for everything we do. We bust, I mean, it's a bad word. We bust our butts. Dupont, Polish, Derriere in French. We work in a mouth the size of a baseball. 
you know, my general surgery colleagues where I teach at Northwestern, you know, they come in the operating room, the patient's already asleep. The resident's already opened the belly. Let's say they're going for gallbladder or something. They come in, take it out, tell the resident to close, that's it. And they'll collect $5,000, $6,000. We work in something that big. If we're off by one half of a millimeter, the patient may complain their bite is off. You know, nobody comes to the general surgeon. And my scar is off by a half millimeter by my belly button. Can you fix it? We work hard. We are mentally tired at the end of the day and physically tired. Most dentists undercharge. And I also believe you as the dentist should not give the patient the fees. It should come from an administrator. Because when that person gives the fees, they're the bad guy, not you. And if a patient looked at me the wrong way, I'd tell them it's for free anyhow. And just and don't use words like watch, little. I see dentists all the time. Well, it, it, it's a little, little broken filling. We'll watch it and I'll see you next time. What are you watching? Fillings don't repair themselves. Okay, you have a broken filling needs to be repaired. And uh, it's just that simple. And uh, by the way, relationship building is coaching. We always look at how can we better our relationship with the patient, we know our brand. So without boring everybody, it's a pretty good synopsis of what we do in a retreat. And we believe we're a Fortune 500 company. Inside the binder uh, is, the, but the third thing in outside of the outline, which is like seven pages, is a, co- a copy of the current year of Fortune magazine with the you know 500 top companies. And the next page, It'll say the number one company to work for. I put, I cut it out and make believe I put our, our company and why we're the best to work for. I'm coaching for Dr. Moffitt, you know, uh, David Moffitt and Associates, number one company to work for in Sydney. They do things better than anybody else. Great customer experience, blah, blah, blah. And they sharpen their saws. So we believe we're a Fortune 500 company, but we believe we're number one. It's huge. Huge. Bob, you've given us so much. Um, just in summing up, how is the first week back, uh, or the you know the first day back after the retreat? Um, you'd literally be peeling your team off the ceiling. They'd be so excited to get back into the office and start putting together uh, some of the things that you've discussed at the retreat. How do you find the performance of the team as a result of taking the two days off? Yeah, the first the first day back is um, actually amazing. And what I will do on the way home on day two, which ends day one starts at like eight in the morning. There's breakfast actually seven thirty ends about four thirty. Day two starts at seven thirty again ends about three. I we have a group text. There's another fun thing. We have a group text with our entire office. We have a limit. You can send anything after 9 p.m. You're careful in the morning. And I'll send a group text. Hey, everybody, what's your number one takeaway from this PBR? The answers come like that. The next day, and Diana can correct me if I'm wrong, there is such excitement with everybody coming back. They can't wait to start new system. Wow, let's do this. Let's activate that. And each time we come back from a PBR, we grow. We elevate. and Diane, I have a question for you. 
when you first went to one, what were your thoughts? What is it like coming back from the PBR? We come back and we're very excited because everything yes. that we talked about and brainstormed about, we are excited to get back to the office to implement all of that. Uh, our yes. team, our communication with our team, communication with our patients, our referring doctors, um, everything that we do is for them and for our office. And so we are very excited to, you know, keep jumping that S curve and, and doing everything that we can do the best that we can do for our patients. So it's a lot, it's very exciting. All right. That's, I love that phrase, jumping the S curve. There you go. Bob, thanks very much for being on this call. It, it's been great getting a, a very deep insight into how you at uh, the PIC group sharpen your saw and how you've maintained such a, a wonderful team of, uh, of people, employees who are motivated for your patients, motivated for your business, motivated for you, the employer, and motivated for themselves to do the best that they can at all times. Waiting back for David, um, for those of you that have never read it, his book is unbelievable. And I've read this thing literally nonstop. It's so true. And, you know, we live in an interesting world today in social media where the world becomes very small. And um, David and I, our past kaboomed almost three years ago now, just being on the same sites, the same everything, same wants and needs. And, um, and you know, everything I spoke about on the retreat works. And it, it takes your practice to different levels. And if both of you want, send me an email, Dr. Pick, D-R-P-I-C-K, at thepickgroup.com. Just let me know you're on the webinar and I'll send you some articles and attachments and videos that will just help you and your team out amazing and just help everything elevate to another level. So with that, I'm going to end the webinar and I so appreciate everybody being out here and if you can tell I love this stuff, David loves this stuff. It works, it works, it works, it works. And pleasure meeting everybody and if you ever run into me at a meeting please stop me and that's it and as i tell everybody two things make every day your masterpiece and always shoot for another solar system and if you land on jupiter that's okay